Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. on Saturday mornings with your host, David Health. Local issues and community information. Every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on 1480 WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. This is David Held, and you're listening to News Talk 1480 WHBC. And, uh, you know, we, we love to talk on the program about our young people and our culture and, uh, and the differences between the older generation, like myself and Eric. Well, we've got one of our, we could call you like a bridge builder, okay. right? Because uh, Lester Sanders, he's a student and a student athlete communicator and an adversity strategist. He's currently the program coordinator for Rising Scholars at Kent State University at Stark Campus at the College Access and Readiness Program prior to this you were an admissions counselor for mount union university mm-hmm. and as eric would want to say a former mckinley bulldog let's go bulldog. bleed red and black yes sir <laughs> yes let's go pups <laughs> and you play and you were a defensive back i was a defensive back i started two years at strong safety 94 95 season i got to play in that 100th game oh you <laughs> and did then in the playoffs uh front of 35,000 at the Akron Rubber Bowl. People were still coming in at halftime. Man, <laughs> and I can tell you're a defensive back. Both, both you and Eric are like mm. the studs. <laughs> still pumping the iron. Shout out to Spider-Miller. Yes. Yeah. yeah. John yes. Spider-Miller. Yes, sir. All right. And so, so Lester, you've, you've really committed your career to connecting with the young people and mm-hmm. helping them navigate through their, uh, their education, their life experience and adversity what would you say are is is probably the biggest challenges that you're seeing today with with the young people sure um one of the challenges um that i see today and based upon my work in student development um i identified that i had a gift to connect with students across the board mm-hmm. whether they're urban rural or suburban students and i would say a commonality across the board is the challenges is identity. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Who am I not? Mm-hmm. What do I need? What do I want? And how do I get what I need and want? Mm-hmm. And whether a kid is in a poor, middle class, or wealthy um, household, those are common questions that all kids have to answer. And so with being born and raised in a single parent home, African American male, navigating my way through the obstacles and hurdles that come along with being uh, raised in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, I just believe that there are some commonalities, but if those those five questions, if we can help students answer them from based upon where they're at, it will increase the likelihood of their overall success. And that's something that we can't, 
take lightly mm-hmm. because um, kids are in different places. And then based upon the resources that they have or the resources that they don't have, it really depends on how they answer those questions and how they respond in everyday life. Because as you know, adversity hits everybody. Every, everybody. <laughs> There's but not it's, a person that walked this earth no. that doesn't have some form of adversity. Every day. Mm-hmm. But isn't it something how you start to see that especially young people, they think that it's just them. Mm-hmm. They think that, oh my gosh, nobody, nobody can be going through what I'm going through, whether it's insecurities or a lack of confidence or because in some ways everybody can feel very confident in certain things that they do, Mm -hmm. but then they can, there's a sense of inadequacy depending on, on what you're doing. Sure. Right. Sure. And oftentimes when I would talk to my, my, my own children, you know, you, you try to, you say that to them, they're like, well, you know, Okay, so it's like, for example, are you confident that you could drive home mm-hmm. from school in the car? Well, well of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? And they're like, well, well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you get into another area. Sure. How about if you come on the radio and I interview? Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so depending on what task they're doing, yep. they could be very confident or they, or they might not be as confident. Yeah, depending upon the situation circumstance or environment um it depends on how students will respond Mm -hmm. and i think you you could i wish we could do like a survey Mm -hmm. if we take let's say if we had five generations in this room Mm -hmm. um i say one of the enemy to all generation success is thinking you're isolated and you're the only one going through it yes and and it's not true. And, and it's not true. Right. Everybody is going through something. Mm-hmm. And I think you get where sometimes in a in a world where students are pushed to f- just focus on subjects that's academic, we got to make a bigger push on while we're pushing academics. We also got to push the game of life mm-hmm. and how it's played and how adversity it, it, it takes place in the game of life. There's good, bad, and there's everything in between. But how do I navigate that? Because we can't get rid of good or bad or everything in between. But I can help you get through. You know, we mentioned I played football at McKinley. Mentioned mm-hmm. my uh, defensive back coach, John Spider Miller. And I always say that he's never stopped coaching me. And I'm for, I'm about to be 46 in yes. July. So when he would introduce a concept to us, at first he would talk to us in the locker room and just talk about it. Then he would write it on the board. Then when we got to the field, we had to stretch, do all the things we needed to do. Then yep. he would write it on the board again. Then he would put you in place and walk you through it. Once you walk through it, now you had to do it half speed. Next, three-quarter speed, and then full speed. Right. Yes. So think about all those touch points. And so our society, especially with today's technology, we so quick. We can just hit a button. Internet is on. We don't got to go through the old school AOL yes. where you hit the button. Yeah, you can sit there three minutes. <laughs> King Pong. <laughs> <Bing. laughs> yeah. Things are so instant. Yes. I mean, I remember um, I was young. You you know, before microwaves were super popular, mm-hmm. you know, you would have to get a, a, 
a, a, a pan, Tin put your pan. food in it, yeah. put it in the oven. You had to wait 25 minutes. Yes. Now you got a microwave. Yeah. You hit a, something is done in three minutes. Right. When it comes to being um, heated up. Right. And so with things coming so quick, we have to um, get our students to know that adversity is part of life. But you're, I like how, you know, like LeBron markets more than an athlete. Mm-hmm. I want to say for our kids, you're more than a student. Right. And so how do we get you prepared to excel academically, but also how we get you to excel in the game of life? Exactly. And that balance has to be there. And isn't it something, too, like when you look at it, and both of you are football players, Lester and Eric, you're both football players, mm-hmm. and the attention that you would get when you were playing for McKinley High School. Sure. Because you you were, uh, were a very strong a powerhouse team, right? Especially when you wore that letterman's jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a part of something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then but then in life, you don't get your picture in the paper Mm-mm. for being a good dad, sure, or being responsible, or for showing up for work. Mm-hmm. Or doing your job at work, right? It's not like uh, you know, Eric comes into the studio and after the program he's high fiving and yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. You got the do you have a tunnel coming into the building? Right, right. We got a tunnel. Out. We got a. Eric comes running into work in the morning yeah. with the tunnel and the smoke. Eric, Eric, Eric. 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 No, and I think that's an adjustment for sure. athletes, especially the ones that were gifted that did really well. Mm-hmm. Because because when you think about it, being a good athlete, there's a lot of hard work. But you get, for the amount of effort that you put in, you get a lot of attention. Sure. A whole lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you know, being a man and or a woman... Uh, that when you put in so much effort into life, you don't get that same praise. Yeah. You don't get the same attention for We're, doing what's right and just r- regular work. So there is an adjustment. Yeah, because there's a there's like a euphoria. Mm-hmm. There's almost like a natural high mm-hmm. that when you're getting so much praise, it's almost like a little kid. Oh, you, good job. Yes, they they like that, and so yes. that doesn't stop because we get because we're older. Yes, and then when you're involved in something like a sport. You, you're used to that, and then the day that it's over, yes, or and it's time to move on. And I don't say this in a negative sense. If you graduated from high school, you got to go. Now they got to get pump up the next group of kids. Yes, yeah, right. And you know, even not even just in sports. Like this is the season when there's eighth grade, twelfth grade recognitions. Kids have been gone twelve, thirteen years, and even more in preschool are getting pumped up. Mm-hmm. about academics right and then once you graduate it's quiet it ends and so on both spectrums you know it's something that we have to teach students how and student athletes how do you live in a balanced approach yes when you get praise and then how do you praise yourself mm-hmm. in a healthy sense right. or get gratification out of the things that you choose to do on a daily living because there is no smoke line there is no cheerleaders. Yes. There is yeah. no DJ. There's no more tunnel. Yeah. There's no, right. There's, you days not, the, and there's days you just don't want to get up. Yeah. Anything. Right. Like, like that's, something, that's something people don't like to have a conversation about. Right. We could talk the highest performer, highest earner. There's going to be one or two days they're like, I just don't feel like doing it today. Yes. <laughs> yes. So how do I manage when I don't feel like yes. it? Yes. 
or how do I manage? There's a part of life we also got to talk about is just bored today. Yes. Really nothing to do. Right. Or I just got a time to actually relax. Yes. And so there's a, there's a spectrum of emotions that we got to help um, our kids get through no matter where they grew up at, no matter what their socioeconomic status. And what, you know, what's interesting because um, a lot of times a lot of young people, I think will, will believe that, Oh, because you're in charge or Mm -hmm. because you've succeeded at this thing or that thing, that you don't have problems, mm-hmm. it, but it's just inherent with life. Oh yeah, you it just no matter no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter life, business, or whatever, those that we say are or that we would deem as successful, they have just learned the art of problem solving. Mm-hmm. Yes, where people where many students can think like, oh, they don't have any problems. No, they've mastered problem solving yes and if you become a problem solver Mm -hmm. and not always look at problems as something super bad like in science every problem is not something bad or horrible or tragic but we have to help them identify how do you respond appropriately to whatever life presents yes it's so so true that's that's critical Mm -hmm. i mean especially when you talk about the rates of suicide today Mm mm-hmm whether teens, young adults, older folks, um, it's just a matter of how do I respond to whatever life brings. Mm-hmm. There's um, a formula that is called E plus R equals O. E is event plus response equals outcome. Mm-hmm. And the healthier your response is to whatever the event, the event could be my goldfish died. Yes. Or the event could be my Nana died. Yes. But how do I respond to, respond appropriately to get the outcome based upon the vision that I should have been set or been developed to set for my life. Yes. And without, without, you know, that type of education balance with the academic accolades or sports accolades or the extracurricular accolades, you know, you could set a kid up for failure because they're just used to off this type of response or stimulus versus the everyday life. And how do I manage it? You know, and it's something, too, because whenever you get hit with with um, any sort of adversity or tragedy in life, the people around you mm-hmm. can make such a difference. Right. Yeah. Like, um, I remember when I had, uh, when we had our sixth child that was born, okay. and she had Down syndrome, mm. and we didn't, we didn't think it was going to happen. We, you know, just didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're just expecting, oh, another healthy mm-hmm. yeah. child in the held family. Mm-hmm. And and when she was born, it just it, it you know, I'm thinking I we're not prepared to handle, a, yeah. uh, raise a child with special needs. Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm ready for this. You're not yeah. educated. I don't have the yeah. information right, right. now. Right. <laughs> and, and, you, and you hate to sound so like I hate to sound like, oh, so terrible, because really she has been a a tremendous blessing. In sure, our life. Sure. So when I see other people that have a child with Down syndrome mm-hmm. or with the special needs, I'm like, oh, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And I remember the um, when I took my uh, daughter to a time to dance, there, it's a 
studio, you know, where they mm-hmm. learn how to dance. And the day after our daughter was born, mm-hmm. um, I started to look around and I'm looking there and I'm like, gosh, there's a child with Down syndrome and there's another child with Down syndrome. And, and this was the first day that, you know, we, we had our baby that was born. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the, the moms were so excited. Yeah. They were so, they're like, oh, congratulations. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is terrible. This is a terrible day. You know, you you even feel badly saying it, yeah. right? Now I do. Mm-hmm. And the one mom said, listen, I know you're probably shocked right now and you're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this is a bad day, but you are going to love yeah. having yeah. your baby. Yeah. Th- this is going to be one of the, one of the, it's hard to understand it now, but it'll be a great thing. And I, and I remember thinking, oh, that's just what people say when, to make themselves yeah. feel better when bad things happen. But you know, it really was the truth. Yeah. Your perspective changes your heart changes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then uh, i I mean so that was a disruption a quote-unquote disruption Mm -hmm. in your norm Mm -hmm. and so anytime something is outside the norm now we have to figure out how do we handle it yes and that goes back to how are we what is the curriculum that we're giving young people so that when something comes up because it will come up something outside the norm, how do I manage it? Yes. And then you begin to start figuring out, okay, like your example, a child with Down syndrome, then that opens you up to begin like, hold on, there's more kids that have that than we expected because we were living our norm. Yes. Or then that we acknowledge or saw. Absolutely. And so every outside the norm is really an indicator that, you know what? This is a part of life. Things happen. Things mm-hmm. change. It don't always go to plan. But with the right perspective, how do we live the best life? Because there are certain things that's just out of our locus of control. It, it is so true. Uh, this is David Held, and we're talking with Lester, who is uh, <laughs> an adversity strategist. Lester Sanders, former McKinley Bulldog, and he's helping to bridge the gap with young people, prepare mm-hmm. them for life. And um, we're going to take a break, and we will be back. Live and local on Saturday mornings with your host, David Held. Local issues and community information. Every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on 1480 WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. This is David Held, and you're listening to News Talk 1480 WHBC. And in the studio with us is Lester Sanders, a former McKinley football player. Mm-hmm. Along with Eric, the McKinley Bulldogs. <laughs> and uh, Lester knows about turning unfavorable circumstances, adversities, and tragedies into hope and fuel for goal and dream achievement. While growing up in Canton, Ohio, he managed to navigate his way through the maze of numerous inner-city distractions while residing in public housing until he was 17. And uh, you made, you know, you became like, you, you developed the... Uh, expertise in healthy and responsible choices, how to handle things with resiliency, motivation, and persistence. And it's paid off, and now you're you're passing it on to the next generation. Yeah, yeah. Where, where do you think most of that came from? 
So two, two quick stories. Um, I failed second grade and, you know, at first I thought it came from mostly kind of some, uh, behavior issues Mm -hmm. that I was expressing or impulse control. Mm -hmm. But then looking back, talking to some folks, there was kind of also a little bit of social experimenting that was going on where a lot of African-American males were being held back in certain school districts. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I remember that, that report card came and it didn't say promoted. So I'm bawling, crying in my oh, mom's lap. Yeah. I'm like, mom, you go, go to the, to the school <laughs> and talk to the principal. You go talk to the principal and tell him to put me in third grade. She was like, you know, after I'm bawling and you know, my mom, when she would get mad, she would talk through her teeth. She was like, I bet you don't act like that next year. Uh. And, and so she shifted the responsibility on me. And mm-hmm. so my second trip or my second tour of duty, <laughs> second tour of duty in second grade. In second grade, uh-huh. I was like, behaviors changed because I didn't like that feeling. You didn't like it. I was the big dog over the first graders and kindergartners. Ah, uh, okay. Now the second, now the first graders, now they second graders and the second graders moved on. So I'm like, I don't like this feeling. And Did so, not like it. So, so I had to start making some choices and some different ways of how I had fun in school. And it was an instant medicine for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I started looking at how do I take a, a account or accountability for my behaviors and my actions. Um, so, also, so it worked. It worked. It got your attention. Oh, yeah. It got my attention because I didn't because like sometimes when things happen, I know we've been talking a little bit how, when life shows up, some things that might be in our in our control, some things that's out of our control. Um, we don't try to rest in it and learn from it. So I learned some things from that, from failing second grade. Mm-hmm. And so I said, if I want to move on, even as a second grader, I have to move and navigate differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, late, uh, mid, mid to late eighties. Um, I say hurricane crack Trina flooded <laughs> our neighborhoods. Gangs began to start flooding our oh, neighborhoods. Right. And then, you know, in sixth grade, I had a cousin um, that died to violence. Hmm. And then while at Hartford junior high, then I had two classmates in class on Friday, but they went back in class on Monday. And so I had to start thinking like, you know, I heard people say, where do the streets lead? Um, and they say to death uh, or jail. And so I'm like, hold on. I've been hearing people saying this. I'm watching it happen. So what do I need to do different? And then that's when, you know, LeBron got all the, all the, all the press because he made a decision a few years ago back when he was with the Cavs. But I yeah. made a decision before LeBron made a yes, decision. Yes, yes. I'm gonna just be a student athlete. Right. And you know, I learned from those experiences. Uh, somebody told me sometimes experience is the best teacher, but sometimes it's the best teacher when it's somebody else's experience. Oh yeah. Now what about? Um, those people that are around you, mm-hmm. the peer pressure. So you'll have some that are pulling you to go down mm-hmm. the bad path. Mm-hmm. And how did that play into, how did, how did you deal with that? Uh, you know, I look back over that. I think we all have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. Sure. The question is, do you cave or, or capitulate to your emotions? Mm-hmm. Do you give in? 
and I I can look back and there's a lot of people that gave in to their emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I had the accountability of a mom who was relentless on me not becoming a statistics, mm-hmm. then I had to answer to my maternal grandfather, grandmother, aunts and uncles. Then I had to uh, had to uh be accountable to my did I say paternal? My, my maternal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Grandparents, aunts and uncles. I I didn't have no rest. That support system. Then I just started developing a mindset. I don't want this. I saw the pain on my Uncle Donald's and my Aunt Grace face when they burying my cousin. I'm like, that's not going to be my mom if mm-hmm. I got a choice for it. And I just start not caring about what people had to say because the peer pressure was there. And then I kind of had a clever way of just, but oh man, I got to go home, man. My mom's going to be tripping. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got to, I, I got practice. So you got to get, you had, you learn to give yourself a way out. Yeah, you got to start yeah. finding ways out and not worry about what they're going to say. Because they'll bring you down. Because a lot of times it's not that people can't make a confident decision. They're just so worried about what other people are mm-hmm. going to say. And I just had, I'm like, this is what I want. I think a student athlete is going to be for me. I mean, young, I fell in love with Camp McKinley football. I mean, I was only three, but I, I well, no, I, 81 was a state champion, yeah. that mm-hmm. one state championship. Yeah. But I remember seeing the game and then just going to the games. I'm like, no, this is what I want. Yeah, for sure. And so you got you to gotta find what's your thing or you got to have a vision, a vision for your life. Where do I see myself down the road? And in that young state, I saw myself playing in Fawcett Stadium. So I always use that as a positive excuse. And people won't argue if you got a positive excuse. Because really, those who are looking... Yeah, that, that's interesting. When, when So the, the ones that are, you know, want you to come down the wrong path or that are a negative influence, because you, you yeah. just know that they're, that, you know, they might be your buddies, but they're, they want to get into trouble, yeah. right? So I was a criminal justice major at Kent State. And so you started studying deviance and behavior. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, those who are doing wrong, they don't want nobody with a vision. No. They want somebody who they can control their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if I got all these things going on in my mind about where I'm going, what I need to do, I got all these people accountable. They're like, ah, no, they ain't, he, we can't keep pushing him. They don't want no. you to even come around. Yeah, no, no, you stay no. away. Right. And then I started getting like neighborhood protection. Like, no, nah, he played football. Nah, oh, he, okay. He, so they just you know, accepted you, it. They, yeah. they just leave you alone. You get the student athlete pass. Yes. Because even in sometimes, if I'm not doing the appropriate things, they still want something good. So a lot of times, student athletes got protected. Ah, I see. I see. And so because sometimes we can cave to our emotions. And also to some growing up in situations where they're in survival mode. Now, isn't it something, too, that no matter what, no matter how successful you are, mm-hmm. no matter if you're on a winning team, you are always going to have critics. Always. Always. Never escapes, right? Yeah. So even if you guys were on the state championship McKinley football team, there are always going to be people that think, Maslin is better. Always. Right? Yeah. I mean, always you got better. you got Maslin supporters, you got McKinley supporters. You're always going to have critics no matter what. Yep. Yep. And I and I and for that 
I go ahead and throw that jab. I say since 1972, <laughs> since the actual playoff system in place, <laughs> we got three. Ah, yeah. See, isn't it funny? Well, but but, but see, think, it's funny because yeah. because and that's the thing is that you can use that yeah. that competitive nature in a positive way. Yeah, and and but no matter what you do, you have to know there are going to be some people for you, and there might be some people against you. No, uh, ma- no matter what happens, there was a there was a I might I don't want to mess his name up, but Giannis, with uh, yes. yes. yeah, yeah, right. You know he he got he almost lost it in the interview, and he made the, he's like so the reporter asked, do you th- is this season a failure? He like so his response was like, okay, I don't want to. I don't want to take this personally. <laughs> yes, right. He was like, so Jordan played 15 seasons. He won six championships. The rest of the seasons was a failure. Yes. Actually, losing or setbacks is a part of life. What's well, a part of life? You know, even if you look at, let's say. But uh, it wasn't a loss. Right, exactly. That, yeah. It's like, it's always better. You know, I've always said that it's it's. Better to be a winner who loses than a loser who wins, mm. and it's really your mindset. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you see, some people even when they lose, they mm-hmm. still handle it like winners. It's like no matter yeah. what they do, they're like, "Hey, this is cool. That that, that happened. I'll I don't like back. it. I'll be back." Yeah. You know. But but it it, it all goes back to your teaching mm-hmm. after games, whether we play Friday or Saturday night, Sunday we went and watched film. Yeah. Yes. And you had to watch every single play, and you got a grade on every single yes. play. Yes, they were assessing your performance. Yeah, and you and learned to, and you learned to critique, have your own performance critiqued. Yeah. Yep, I'm being watched. Mm-hmm. It was a SWOT. Yes. It was a SWOT analysis. Yes, what's the strengths of this game? What's the weaknesses? What opportunities did we miss? And then how did they capitalize on our threats? So mm-hmm. one of my buddies who, along those lines, the 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 being critiqued, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on uh, my grade school wrestling team, which my dad was the coach. If he's listening, he'll want me to <laughs> let everybody know out. that. Yes, yeah. he's a great, great coach. Great dad, too. And um, But he became a pilot, okay, flying F-15s. Mm. And he would land on aircraft carriers. He said every time they would land, every time they would mm. land on the aircraft carrier, the other pilots that are all type A competitive individuals themselves would grade you when mm. you land. Mm. They would grade your landing. And then, of course, you would grade them. Okay. But but it was a matter of survival mm-hmm. because they're constantly striving for perfection to do things right. Because if you don't land the plane right, you could wipe out the whole aircraft carrier yeah. and, and those on board. Yeah. So that's so, a critical event that needs almost perfection yes yes and and now some people be like well nothing's perfect it's like well you're going to strive for it you're going to strive to do it right because if you don't hit that runway perfectly you could have a real problem but isn't that something that sports Mm -hmm. yeah um helps you to do that yeah Uh, i mean when when you're um Whenever, like uh, Eric, I'm sure, like in the studio, as you're working in the studio, because you got a lot of things going on. There's all these buttons, all these controls, different things like that. Did your did your athletic experience in McKinley help shape that? You, you have to be alert. You have to be aware. Um, you kind of have to pay attention to everything. 
Mm-hmm. All at one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. On my iPad, I got Kobe Bryant. I was chasing perfection and excellence, which had no guarantees attached to it. It's the truth. Yeah. You can only chase it. You're never getting perfection no, as you're, a human being. Right. It's just that constant pursuit of excellence. Yeah. And if you're pursuing it, you know that you're improving. You're mm-hmm. you're making it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, you say with landing airplanes on an aircraft carrier, some situations is right next to right at life and death. Mm-hmm. But without but what if we brought that type of training mm-hmm. into everyday life? Yes. Now you have you will have a decrease in negative choices. You have a decrease mm-hmm. in looking for gratification in places and from sources that I don't need to get gratification from. Mm-hmm. What, yes. So what was the thing or the thought that actually made you say, this is what I'm going to do? Like a defining yeah, moment? Yeah, that moment no. of clarity. So uh, I was in I go back to the, the what I said earlier. I was in sixth grade at Antioch Baptist Church. My grandfather, Sherman Martin Sr., mm-hmm. brother, Donald Martin, is bearing, his son, is bearing his son and my Aunt Grace. Just looking at the pain on their face, my, uh, it's, uh, it's, it was believed he went to go buy something for use mm-hmm. and came as at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't for him. Um but looking at that pain is like, I don't want my mom to experience that. Mm-hmm. And how old were you at the time? I was in sixth grade. And I, I just believe all human beings are able to think at high levels, even in elementary, but on an elementary level mm-hmm. and all the way through. And I just was like, this is a defining moment. And then, you know, then you, nobody was getting therapy. Right, 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 yeah, right, 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 right. And so sitting there, I was like, I'm just going to go play football for Tom McDaniels Mm -hmm. and play in Foster Stadium. That was that was the only therapy that came up. Yes. I I think it was a divine intervention moment. Absolutely. But, you know, it was the thing that kept me saying, now I have to watch everything I do because it can have an effect on my future down the road. Right. And so that's when I made, started making a decision. I'm going to be a student athlete, and I got to navigate some of this stuff. And some might think it's corny, but I don't care. No, because you know it works. Yep. It works. It works. That's how I was. Yeah. I'm going to play football for McKinley. I'm going to go to college for communications, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be in radio and TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's on the radio. And you know what? What my defining moment was when I was player of the week, and when they had Channel sixty seven, Scott Davis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I went into that television studio and I looked around yeah. and see the cameras and everything. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? I'm gonna tell you another defining moment for me. Mm. I tear my knee. I tear my lateral meniscus in the East West All Star game. I have to get my knee scope trying to walk on at Kent State, and Kent is playing Marshall. And I watched Randy Moss, Pro Football Hall of Famer, put on a clinic. And I saw for the first time with my own eyes in person the level of athletic ability. And I was like, "Wow, I'm about to just hang up my cleats and I'm going to go get my degree and go help people. Wasn't that amazing? (laughs) 
This has been great. Lester yeah, Sanders, yeah. thank you for joining us. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having us on the show. And have a, f- show. have a fantastic weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend. This is David Held and Lester Sanders joining us this morning and Eric. Cool.